Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. A special Monday edition of the podcast this week, as I will be traveling on Tuesday. Traveling on Travel Tuesday. Gotta love it. I am headed to Fort Lauderdale, Florida this week for Cruise World and the Travi Awards Gala, aka the Oscars of the travel industry. So stay tuned to Travel Pulse later this week to find out the winners of the best and the best in the travel industry. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be talking big news around the world of travel and travel loyalty programs. And speaking of travel programs with big benefits, Apple Leisure Group Vacations has travel advisors covered. Growing your knowledge and your sales is now easier thanks to ALG Vacations' new advisor specialist program, ALGV Pro. Interactive and easy-to-digest modules let you learn at your leisure while providing you the foundation you need to succeed. Register now and get insider tips on VAX, ALGV brands, programs, and more, plus exclusive benefits for graduates only. Get certified as an ALGV Pro today. Visit algvacations.com backslash ALGV Pro to get started. And now joining me on the show is Katie Ginter, senior writer for The Points Guy, focusing on points, miles, credit cards, and travel. Welcome to the show, Katie. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Eric. I've been writing for the Point Sky back since 2015, and I've been a digital nomad since 2017. So I spend my life living out of hotels, taking tons of flights, and using points and miles on a daily basis. Love that. Love that. I mean, digital nomad life, that, that's uh, got to be a challenge, but also pretty cool at the same time. I, I know a lot of people out there wish that they uh, could do that. So I, I think it's awesome that you're diving into that world. And I know it was a, a tough go there for the pandemic, uh, being not being able to do that lifestyle. But uh, now you're back at it. And I'm excited to talk travel with you. We're going to be diving into the world of points, miles and travel loyalty programs a little bit later in the show. But as we do first for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with uh, further information on the travels rebound. Hotels are rebounding, big brands reporting good numbers, Hilton last week came out when their Q3 uh, exceeded pre-pandemic revenue. IHG, Hyatt also reporting good results too. I think Marriott's um, earnings calls coming up this week. So Katie, um, hotels relying more and more on leisure now. Q4 should yield strong results too, I think. So your thoughts on the current state of the hotel industry right now? Travel is definitely back, especially at hotels. Um, being on the road, of course, I'm staying in a lot of hotels and booking a lot of hotels. I've been booking a lot of hotels for next spring and summer. And man, those rates are really, really high in some destinations. So it'll be interesting to see if they stay that high as we potentially have an economic downturn or whether they just stay at that rate. So I definitely recommend if you're locking in some hotel bookings now, um, check back as time goes on and you may see some price drops, I expect. Interesting. Yeah. Pricing is, uh, you know, been quite an issue. The inflation's doing its thing there. You know, um, pricing has been soaring as we've seen. It's that's it kind of contributes a little bit to the Q3 numbers, I'm sure, is you know, people have been paying more to stay in the rooms, but the, the travel demand is there. Pricing sucks right now, sure, but it's expensive. But I'm loving that people are prioritizing travel at this time. And I think, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where we're at like six months from now on the whole pricing issue as you know, the topic of a recession is is looming and everything. So I'm curious where, where we'll be at six months from now. But I'm curious your opinions too out there, listeners. Podcast at travelpulse.com. You can drop me an email and let me know your thoughts on the current state of the hotel industry at this moment. So do you have, um, which hotel, you're in Germany right now. I don't think we established that, Katie. Katie's in Germany right now doing this podcast. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and uh, being overseas like that. I think this is one of my first few, uh, it's been a while since I've had someone across the pond, we'll say, uh, that's been on the podcast. How, how is Germany right now? 
Uh, Germany's wonderful. The weather is great. Been enjoying the beer gardens and the parks. Um, spent four nights in Munich using um, ISG points and getting a fortnight free. And now I'm in Nuremberg at the Le Meridian Grand, which is beautiful and very cheap somehow this week. So I'm very happy traveler. Hey, there you go. Love it when you can snag deals like that. And yes, using points and miles are uh, points are, are always key uh, when you can, you know, so Jumping over to uh, the air travel news and what's trending over there, what's been going on. It's a uh, good signs as well. Air travel's rebounding nicely too, lifted by strong holiday demand. Q3 was good to the airlines with some major carriers reporting profits on that. Southwest CEO Robert Jordan said that Southwest continues to experience strong leisure and business revenue trends and strong bookings to close out 2022, including the holiday time period. So Q4 should do well, I think, there too. And, and hopefully we'll see some unique deals or rewards offerings along the way, like uh, the recent uh, middle seat reward that Virgin Australia launched. I don't know if people out there saw that this past week. It generated uh, some interest there on, on the website when we posted that story and, and interesting comments on social media too. They Virgin Australia launched the middle seat lottery for those who either select or are assigned to the middle seat. The promotion is going to be ending in late April of 2023, but between now and then, a passenger will quote unquote win the contest every week. There's going to be a total of $230,000 worth of prizes available that range from free flights to Australian rugby games, cruise packages, vacation packages, and airline points on Virgin Australia. So, Katie, I mean, this is kind of cool. You know, rewards are nice, but the middle seat sucks, right? So I have a hard time seeing people willingly select the middle seat to jump in on this. Maybe I'm wrong. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Man, it wouldn't make me select a middle seat. Um, but I will say sometimes when I'm traveling with my husband or someone else, we will select kind of the aisle and window and hope that the, the middle remains empty. And then we'll shift if someone ends up in the middle seat. So I could potentially see this promo making us actually choose the middle and window to sit together instead of choosing the window and aisle. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's a good strategy, uh, you know, trying to block out that spot and maybe nobody does. But uh, who's who's more willing to jump to the middle on that, you or your husband? Definitely my husband. I'm a window girl. There you go. All right. Good, good husband there. So, um, <laughs> on the, I mean, also announced today with, with the whole rewards thing, just uh, adding on to the middle seat stuff was pretty interesting. Subway is going to be rewarding travelers stuck in the airplane middle seats with free sandwiches in honor of National Sandwich Day. So there's a middle seat reward chain going on. I guess other brands, you know, keep it going. I'd love to see this. It'd be really cool to see this, you know, on some of the U.S. airlines doing something like this. But I, I doubt it. I, I don't see the U.S. carry the Delta, American, United, maybe Southwest. They they seem like they're better on deals and stuff. Frontier, you know. You need some help right now. I think you could do it. What do you think, Katie? Do you think U.S. this will ever make its way? I could totally see Southwest doing something like that because, I mean, Southwest likes to keep things fun and light. So, I mean, they had the ukulele flight like a couple of months ago. Yeah. So could definitely see them doing something. Yes. Hopefully, you know, we get something there. I, rewards are always nice. But yeah, I'm not willingly selecting the middle seat on that either. I'm a window guy, too. Listeners know that from checking out this podcast. So I'm, I'm all about the window. I need that view to keep me sane and focused as we, you know, vault into the sky in this <laughs> planes. I mean, I know they're safe and everything, but everyone has their own uh, quirks, I guess, with, with flying. So uh, for longer hauls, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind being in an aisle, but I'm, I still just love that window out there. Jumping over to cruise news, uh, days after unveiling the first look for the new cruise ship Icon of the Seas, Royal Caribbean bo broke booking records last week, plus the cruise line set an industry first last week when Navigator of the Seas sailed on renewable diesel fuel. So both big moments are further signs that cruising is bouncing back strong and the future of the industry is on the right track. However, one piece of uh, cruise news that really got people talking last week was Carnival and their continued crackdown on limiting passenger alcohol intake. 
they're removing the option for guests to have full bottle liquor sales available for pre-order. So, Katie, this is another step for Carnival. Uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago they, they said that they're going to implement fines, $500 for unruly behavior on board. Uh, they're trying to crack down on that. Uh, uh, the whole unruly passengers and uh, you know people fighting on board, uh, they've had some issues with that. So the odds of uh, an industry-wide policy here on alcohol on board, I, I think, are low. Your, your thoughts on uh, alcohol and cruising? I can't imagine we'll see an industry-wide um, policy, but I'm all for limiting alcohol and keeping people from, yeah, making fools of themselves. But I mean, it looks like their unlimited package still lets you have 15 alcoholic drinks a day, which seems seems like a lot for even the most hardy of travelers. Um, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's that's part of their Cheers beverage package. It limits people to 15 alcoholic drinks per day uh, other outlines out there royal caribbean norwegian msc they all offer truly unlimited drink packages although they will cut you off if you're like notably intoxicated and you know you need a, a glass of water or, you know take a lap or take a nap probably <laughs> they'll guide you in that direction but i mean yeah 15 drinks per day i mean does anyone really need more than 15 a day anyway and if you said yes to that and you do i don't think cruising is for you just go to an all-inclusive resort right seriously yeah all-inclusive resort where you're on the ground you can go yeah i I feel like that would be a much better solution if you really do need 15 drinks a day right yeah speaking of all-inclusives we know that cancun is a big spot for that and the hotel zone if you've ever been to cancun i was there just recently that the traffic area there is is ridiculous at times but they're trying to maybe relieve that in a bit by building a new bridge over to the hotel zone but a court order now on that from a, a local court has temporarily halted the construction of Cancun's new bridge to the hotel zone, uh, inciting environmental concerns. Environmentalist groups have rejected the massive infrastructure project, arguing its possible impact on local flora and fauna, especially in the biodiverse mangroves there. So it's a $250 million flagship infrastructure project and odds on this bridge actually being built, Katie. You, 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 think, uh, you think it could happen? tourism money speaks so i could definitely see groups pushing ahead with this to just to decrease congestion and make it a much more appealing trip from the airport um out to the resort so i expect we'll see some more environmental studies and hopefully we'll get a better idea of whether whether there's ways to kind of mitigate some of the damage while still making the bridge i agree yeah i think it's going to happen money talks and it this is such a popular area and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. We've seen Mexico do tremendous numbers here through the pandemic. They're exceeding all their levels, pre-pandemic stuff. They opened up first centrally with no restrictions. So people are flocking to Mexico and they're still going to do so as the all-inclusive market continues to grow. You got more and more hotels out there jumping on that sector, you know, big name brands with Marriott and Morn from Hilton and Hyatt as well. So yeah, I think that bridge is going to be built. It's only a matter of time. It's just, uh, how long that time takes. So hopefully will not be, you know, a very disastrous impact there on the environment, but time will tell on that. But I I do think it's going to be built out there. So listeners, podcast at travelpulse.com. Drop me an email. Let me know your thoughts on that. And rounding up here at the end of what has been trending in the world of travel, Family Travel Associations, they dropped their new U.S. Family Travel Survey for 2022. And results of the survey suggest that demand for travel is higher than it was pre-pandemic that more families are utilizing travel advisors than they did in the past. Love to see that. And that they are more interested in travel that offers flexible cancellation policies and purchasing travel insurance. And that some pre-pandemic trends like city stays are becoming more popular, are becoming popular once more. Um, Katie, you've done the digital nomad travels here internationally a lot. Have you seen many families? I mean, you're, you're not, you know, you're not going to 
all-inclusive resorts and stuff right now, which is where certainly a lot of families have been going. But what, what have you been seeing as you've been traveling around you know, Asia and now you're in Germany and stuff? I definitely have seen a decent number of families out and about. Um, ran to an American family early, earlier today, actually, at the train station. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say I've seen more than I did pre-pandemic necessarily. But again, I'm not staying at the places that families would normally pick um, as their destination while traveling. Yeah, totally understandable. I mean, I think families are just sticking close to home here in the U.S. a bit and, you know, venturing out maybe to Mexico or the Caribbean. We're not seeing a lot of Europe, but I think there will be a resurgence of that next year. I certainly hope so. That wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com and head over to travelpulse.com to find out all the latest news because we can't get to everything on this show or we, we are limited on time on this. So now we are going to jump over to our theme of the week on points and miles. So Katie, you know, some people think you need to spend so much money to make points matter or make it worth doing. And some people build it up and don't even realize that they have so much, but you've been traveling the world using points and miles to achieve some awesome trips and hotel stays, as you've alluded to. So how does one get started in the points and miles space? What are they really worth? So I would say the first thing to get started is just make sure you're putting in that frequent flyer number, that loyalty number, whenever you're doing flights or hotels, if you're booking through, um, a travel advisor, like make sure they know that you want your um, loyalty numbers put in there and you want to be earning on your flights and hotels and car rentals and all that. Um, you can also get a rewards cards. We're going to be maybe talking about that later in the podcast. Um, but really you should be getting like on all of your everyday purchases at home, you should be getting at least 2% cash back, 2x points and miles um, on all your purchases. So my personal favorite is the city double cash. It gets you cash back in every purchase you make. So you can really kind of just get a little bit back on each um, purchase that you're making, whether that's at the grocery store or the supermarket or wherever you are. Um, And in terms of what points and miles are really worth, all of the big sites out there, including the points guy, um, have their own valuations for what they value, um, hotel points and airlines miles, um, as well as those transferable currencies that you might be earning with your American Express card or your Chase card. And generally, you want to be aiming to get at least that valuation when you're redeeming your points and miles. Um, And of course, each brand has kind of a different valuation and what we think you should be able to get out of that point or mile. So for example, Hyatt, um, I personally value that around two cents per point. So Marriott is more around a cent or maybe 0.8 cents. And Hilton is a lot lower. It's around um, half a cent each. So you need to kind of know what your points and miles are worth so that you're actually redeeming for like a fair value. Yeah, we're all spending a lot of money these days as we talked to a little bit earlier about, you know, prices are soaring, inflation doing its thing. So yeah, if you want to make the most out of your, you know, spending out there, then yeah, use the credit card that's going to maximize your your worth on that and, and obtaining points and miles and, and putting to that. I, I say this knowing that I really should switch to that card you just mentioned there. So it's speaking of cards, I mean, what are other some other cards out there? I personally have the American Express with Delta, and that helps me with, all, with my flight points. And then we, my wife and I have another credit card one that helps us out with the hotel side. But I mean, it seems like there are like broader cards out there that a lot of people should maybe take note of. So what are some of the best credit cards for travel out there, Katie? So it sounds like you're doing well having a Delta card being based in Georgia. That That's a good start. Um, and like having a hotel card for your main hotel loyalty program. Um, but obviously, I do recommend City Double Cash, like anything you're earning, um, you should at least be getting that 2% back. Um, but there are some great cards for travel too. 
Um, my favorite is the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Um, my sister-in-law got that recently um, after paying for way too many car rental insurance policies from the car rental agencies. We convinced her to get that card um, because that one, when she pays for her car rentals with it, actually gives her primary rental insurance on that. So um, that's a nice benefit. She's also earning 5x total points on travel when she purchases through Chase, um, as well as 2x if she's purchasing directly with the travel provider. Um, she earns great dining rewards. So that's kind of my favorite starter um, travel rewards card. There's also the Amex Green that can be a great card. Um, if you prefer Amex, it gets 3x on travel, um, transit, and restaurants. So if you're spending a lot of money on travel, transit, and restaurants, um, Amex Green is a great choice. And then if you're ready to kind of up your game a little bit and you're not too scared off by the higher annual fee, the Capital One Venture X can be a great choice. Um, you'll be earning 2x points at least on everything and you're also going to get a priority pass lounge access um, which can be great whether you're traveling domestically or internationally um, so that's kind of the quick overview of my favorite credit cards for travel love it yeah and on the, i know the one with the lounges i i have seen so many more people just just even talking about lounges coming out of this post pandemic more so than i did you know in, in 2019 i guess so maybe that's you know, people prioritizing their points and miles a little bit better or just wanting a better travel experience overall but a lot of great cards out there. Definitely, you know, worth checking into on on the on the Chase one there. I've heard that one a lot too. But when we talk about like loyalty programs and stuff, uh, I want to get your thoughts. Which hotels are among the top ones, and what they offer is one better than the other. And same thing for the airlines for top uh, miles in their programs is one better than the other. So my absolute favorite in terms of loyalty points or lo loyalty programs for redeeming right now is World of Hyatt. Um, they're one of the few hotel programs, out of the big hotel programs at least, that still has an award chart, um, which is really valuable if you want to travel over the holidays, um, if you're traveling to a special event or maybe a football game. Um, having those award charts still in place and having that, like, they have off-peak standard and peak pricing. Um, but the off-peak Category 1 properties, I mean, it's great for a road trip. I, there's some by the Atlanta airport that I really like. Um and since you can transfer those Chase points, like from the Chase Sapphire Preferred to Hyatt, even if you don't normally stay at Hyatt, you can get some really nice redemptions um, just by transferring your Chase points and then booking an award stay. I also think IHG has done a ton to improve their um, loyalty program this year. And you can get almost top tier status, platinum status, um, through having a credit card. So I know, Eric, you said you had... Um, a hotel credit card. So that can be a great way to get some elite benefits or elite light benefits, um, even if you don't spend that many nights in hotels. Yeah, I do have the IHG one on that one and, and we really like it. But yeah, I've been exploring, switching around, maybe doing the Chase one or yeah, it's certainly discussions that I myself need to have. And I know a lot of our advisor listeners out there too. I mean, they are booking a lot of travel. They're, they're doing a lot of more travel themselves now and, and with their own experiences to get out there and, and showcase to their clients what it is like traveling and stuff. So what about airlines? I mean, it's just does it just matter as far as like if you have if you're loyal to one brand or you're just like like myself, I'm local to Delta, so I'm obviously using that or does it make sense to, you know, just have them all? So if you're flying with all the airlines, it can totally make sense if you normally check bags or you want to have that like not boarding at the end and you want to make sure you have room for your carry on in the overhead bin. Um, getting an airline credit card can make a lot of sense because like the Delta card, when you have that, you can get the one checked bag free on your Delta flights and that's great. Um, same for most of the other airlines. But in terms of which is best for redemptions right now and like which one you should really be giving your travel to, 
I think, I mean, they're all kind of following each other right now in terms of how their loyalty programs and redemption rates are evolving. So I would say just go with the airline that's most consistent for you. If you travel a lot for work, maybe you want to condense your travel onto, say, American or Delta or United and like actually try and build up some loyalty and build up a nice points balance. But for the average traveler, I would say just pick the one that has the best Best pricing and then see if it makes sense to have an airline credit card to get that like early boarding and check bags. Gotcha. Noted. So what about some epic saving stories, you know, using points and miles? You you kind of talked about that a little bit in the beginning. You just scored like the, the fourth night free there and you use some points at, at Hyatt. So um, yeah, I'm just curious if you have any like really awesome stories about using points and miles or know of any out there uh, that have been some like really cool stories. Yeah, definitely. So I, I will go back to the fourth night free. Um, multiple hotel programs do let you have a fourth or fifth night free under certain circumstances when you're redeeming points. So for IHG, you can get a fourth night free when redeeming points. If you have one of the IHG credit cards, like the IHG Premier, when you redeem points, you get the fourth night free. And that can save you a lot of value, especially if that fourth night is a very peak night, like New Year's Eve or maybe the night of a big football game or something like that. Um, Marriott, you can get a fifth night free. Hilton, if you're an elite member, even a silver, like lowest level, you can get a fifth night free. I think Hyatt, as I mentioned before, there's a ton of value, whether you want to do those low category, um, off-peak category ones, or if you want a super luxury stay and you're going to stay at like a category seven or eight, there's so much value um, just because there are still those award charts there. Um, In terms of airlines, um, American still has some excellent partner awards. Um, So what I mean by partner award is you're actually redeeming American miles to fly on one of America's partners. So it could be um, Etihad, it could be Qatar, it could be Japan Airlines. And you can fly in some amazing business class and even first class products um, with American miles. And the rates are still pretty good. Same with Alaska. Alaska has some amazing business class partner awards. Um, And the best thing about Alaska is you can get a free stopover somewhere. So one of my favorites is to redeem Alaska miles to fly from the U.S. through, say, Hong Kong, um, and then onward to somewhere else. And you can stop over in Hong Kong, which granted with how Hong Kong is right now isn't maybe the best option, but hopefully things will get better there soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely would love to see that for Hong Kong. I know they, you know, just changed up some rules there, but the, you know, Hong Kong and China are definitely... On going to be the later ones on um, removing all of those restrictions out there. So I myself, uh, as far as you know, getting back to the points and miles thing, the, the miles game, I'm building up my my Delta stuff there. I live outside of Atlanta, so it just makes sense for me to stick with that. So I've been going with that. I fly Delta all the time this year. I'm just I've seen so many good deals, you know, so, uh, not so many. I've seen a, some some really nice deals that have really tempted me to dive into breaking my streak of you know building up my miles in here. So I'm. I'm curious, you know, do you pounce on some of those email deals that you get or are you, you know, when you live in the digital nomad life, I guess you can be a little bit more spontaneous on that. Or are you, you know, saving up miles uh, like myself because I, I want to build, I want to see like a massive number. I, I would, don't think I'll ever get to a million miles before I like, I, you know, just spend them like crazy, but I would love to get up to, you know, maybe half a mil. Maybe that's what I'm saving for as I, I've never really settled on a specific number, but as I'm talking it out now, yeah, sure. That, that sounds nice, right? yeah no i mean there's we like to say the points and miles aren't aren't something to hoard because usually they only become less value valuable over time as programs devalue um but i mean i'm guilty of sitting on a relatively decent sized balance of points and miles right now um because back before we 
we became digital nomads. Um, we had saved up a big balance. And then we found that we kept earning them um, as we've been on the road. But yeah, I mean, definitely you, you kind of hit on that. Of There are those some of those email lists that send out points and miles deals. And it can be great to hop on those if you have the flexibility to. Um, we hopped on a Life Miles deal the other the other night where pretty much Avianca Life Miles was mispricing a flight from Brussels back to the U.S. And we happened to need a return from Brussels back to the U.S. So we snagged a really good um, deal there. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you have the ability to jump on, whether they're points and miles fares or cash fares, um, that's a great way to get excellent value out of your travel and save some money. Saving money is key. So, Katie, I really appreciate you taking time to talk today on points and miles. So just lastly, as we wrap things up here, what's your advice to travel advisor listeners right now when it comes to points and miles and loyalty programs out there? Yeah, I mean, I know travel advisors a lot of times are booking their own travel. So definitely getting getting smart and making sure that you're earning great rewards when you're booking your own travel. Um, but also helping your clients earn points and miles too can be a nice value add to them, especially if they aren't doing a good job of doing that already. Um, maybe knowing the best cards for them and discussing what cards they should be using to book certain travel that you're helping them book. Um, and also just knowing sweet spots. Like if there's a certain flight that they want to book, considering, oh, they have Delta Miles and this actually is a really good redemption for them. So I'm going to kind of help lead them through that. I feel like travel advisors can have a nice value add for their customers just through leveraging points and miles when it makes sense to do so. Love that. Great advice there, Katie. I appreciate it. So anything you want to plug, where can people follow you on the socials or get in touch with you if they have further questions on points and miles? Yeah. So right now I'm a senior writer at The Points Guy. So you can go see our site. You can sign up for our newsletter. Um, and on social media, I am Katie.Ginter. It's K-A-T-I-E dot G-E-N-T-E-R. Love it. Thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Well, that wraps up things for this week. Thanks again to Katie for jumping on and talking points and miles and making things make sense there for everyone. Really appreciate that. And a special shout out to my good friend, Joseph Hain, for the new little intro and outro music we've got coming on the podcast this week. So good friend of mine created that, and I really appreciate that. So stay tuned for next week as we'll be diving into the winners of the best of the best in the travel industry as we recap the Travi Awards. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. 